TED Audio Collective. Hi, Manush and Jen. It's Georgia here from Adelaide. I was so excited about blockchain and how it could change the world that I entered an idea in a blockchain competition. But now that I'm at the conference, there's all of these guys in suits and they're just giving each other money. And now there's finally a woman on stage, but she's singing a song about stripping. Help! Oh my goodness, Georgia. I started laughing and snorted the iced tea I was drinking out of my nose when I heard your voice memo. Help is on the way. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and this is the last episode of Season 3 of ZigZag. If you've been with us all along, you know that each episode this season has mapped a moment on the so-called hype cycle. So the hype cycle has five phases. These are phases that any big, innovative idea has to go through to succeed, from the first trigger of innovation to the last phase, the plateau of productivity, which we're going to get into today. As an example of the hype cycle writ large, we've been telling the story of one town in particular, Messina in upstate New York. Messina's been a bit of a mecca for Bitcoin factories, factories that produce virtual money and need a lot of electricity to run. These factories have made their owners some real money, but they've brought few much-needed jobs to the region. And so the question we've been asking is, will Bitcoin, innovative blockchain technology, will it help get Messina out of the economic depression that it is in? Or is it just hype? To be clear, some innovations never get out of the hype cycle and go on to become productive and real. Some get stuck in the hype cycle for a long time, but eventually do get out. It can be hard to predict and confusing. Like Georgia, that listener who found herself in a sea of suits at a blockchain conference, asking if it was a fluke that she was there, or if she really was in the right place and using the right technology to make the world more equitable. Georgia said the singer was great, by the way just that she wished she hadn't been the only woman on stage. Anyway, on this episode, why and how some innovations do succeed. Moments when an idea or even a relationship does make the world a little bit of a better place. Or it doesn't, and we just need to call bullshit. That's right after the break. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. We're back, it's ZigZag, and this is Kate. So, I'm a single mother of two teenagers. I work all day, I get my kids from school, we go to various practices, we do all that we do. Kate is a ZigZag listener, or at least she was a ZigZag listener. I hope she still is. Kate got pretty mad at me about a snarky remark I made on the last season about Sheryl Sandberg and her book, Lean In. 
I didn't think that Lean In had done much for feminism, but my opinion did not sit well with Kate. She went for a walk and left me this message. I would like to push back a little bit and maybe ask that you be a little kinder. I read the book, I'm a big fan, and what the book did for me was alert me to things that were happening that I didn't realize about myself and my workplace. I am way more cognizant of how I interact with my male coworkers, of how I interact with my male supervisors. I have changed my habits so that I am giving voice to my needs and my wants professionally. Kate, you're right. Just because I've got issues with Sheryl Sandberg doesn't mean the lean-in movement hasn't had serious value. Hearing your story helped me understand that. In fact, it helped me understand a lot more than lean-in. It helped me understand the final phase of the hype cycle, the plateau of productivity. Plateau of productivity does not sound terribly sexy, but that's kind of the point. This moment is when an idea It has already gone through the ups and downs. People have kicked the tires. It's not new anymore. Now, it just works. Absolutely. The plateau of productivity is where the real value kicks in. Jackie Fenn, the tech analyst who originally developed the hype cycle, she loved Kate's voice memo. And she agreed that the real-life way Kate was applying Lean into her life, never mind any backlash about Sheryl Sandberg or her role at Facebook or all the rest of it, This change in behavior is exactly what gets an idea out of the hype and onto the plateau of productivity. It's driving towards the real value in people's lives. And I think that that's an interesting one to draw on there because it's about how to think about your role and and the role of those around you. We also see the same message sometimes from men who say, well, now I understand from different perspectives because I've been exposed to the, to the mindset, to the to discussion. So collectively, you know, together we can act differently as people come to a, a stronger realization of factors that they're unaware of. From gender dynamics at the office to technology that maybe used to sound dumb, cloud computing anyone? After a while, once we give these ideas language and early adopters test them out, then we all start to change. We create new habits, and the new things become normal. We all put stuff in the cloud, right? Or lots of women become CEOs. Well, we're not there yet. But anyway, this is the circuitous path to progress, to productivity. Some might say it's a necessary zigzag. Kate wasn't the only listener with an example. Another voice memo we got hit particularly close to home because it turns out that I had played a key role in this person's journey. Hey, Jen. Hey, Manoush. It's me, Thomas. Thomas emailed us several months ago. And to be honest, his message worried me a bit. In November last year, I sent a message that was full of sadness and anxiety, starting with an emotional warning, describing what being an international student is like, mentioning my newfound interest in journalism, and confessing that I had dropped out of film school. I wrote Thomas back. I told him I didn't have the magic answer for how to figure out what he should do next, but I think 
just responding to him helped him feel heard and trust himself a bit more. Thomas ended up going back to film school. You said, keep experimenting. Journalism can come in many forms. It is this that sparked my imagination most. Journalism can be creative, and I can use what I have learned. It is not wasted. Now that I am receiving the diploma, I am looking at perhaps studying journalism at a university. Thanks for inspiring me among with many with zigzag. And as you said, I will find the right fit for me eventually. Thomas, if we helped you in any way, then seriously, doing this podcast is worth it. And I love the music you made to go with your voice memo. Thank you. Keep going. Keep being curious. Okay, my friends, that is the personal side of the hype cycle. As they say at the end of a yoga class, you know, the good part, when you're lying there on the floor, take a deep cleansing breath and then breathe out any thoughts that aren't serving you. And take the good, calm, productive feelings and thoughts out the door with you when you leave. Okay, after a quick break, enough of the woo-woo. Let's apply the hype cycle to politics and economics. Two women who could be the answer to pulling Americans out of the hole we seem to be in. Plus, some closure for our blockchain Bitcoin investigation, including some unexpected late-breaking news from Messina. Zigzag, we'll be right back. We're back. And if you think about it, smaller cities in the United States have become living labs for big tech companies to test out new innovations. There's a great article about it in Axios. I will link to it in the newsletter this week. So there's Tempe, right? The city in Arizona where Uber's been testing its self-driving cars and had a fatal incident. There's Kyle, Texas and Orange, Texas, where new automated license plate reading tech can immediately tell a police officer if you haven't paid that parking ticket. Cruise the headlines, and there are many more examples, and most of them are being hotly debated by the locals. The latest I found is in Spotsylvania, Virginia, where a private developer has a plan to build the fifth largest solar farm in the U.S. Solar power! That's good, right? But in Spotsylvania, as with many of these high-tech projects being tested, some of the residents aren't happy about being the guinea pigs. Here's a clip from the local radio station, WAMU. Opponents have a long list of arguments against the project. For one thing, it's too big, half the size of Manhattan. Fawn Lake resident Kevin McCarthy. This is just the the wrong scale. It's the wrong place. Uh, If you want to start solar in Spotsylvania, we should start small. That's the debate going on in Spotsylvania, but it's happening all over where locals and officials and the companies don't always agree about whether these projects are good for the community. So several hundred miles north from Spotsylvania, you will get to our example. Those Bitcoin factories in Messina, New York, where the power, thanks to the local dam, is plentiful and cheap. So far... I think it's fair to say that Messina's local officials view the Bitcoin factories as net neutral. There's little lost, but little gained either. And for a town that's seen hundreds of jobs leave in the last five years, that is disappointing. It is not unusual, though. 
I found this rather upsetting report about the job situation from the Brookings Institute. Here, I'm just going to read you this one paragraph. In 2008, at the start of the recession, employment rates didn't vary by the size of the community. During the recession, of course, employment rates everywhere went down. But starting in 2013, when the recovery picked up enough to start creating jobs, something new and different happened. Quote, big techie metros like San Francisco, Boston, and New York flourished, accounting for 72 percent of the nation's employment growth since the financial crisis. I mean, 72 percent of the jobs have gone to just three cities? So who is left behind? Well, Rust Belt towns, places that now have to work out the major issues of our time, unemployment, drug addiction, natural resources allocation. So will Bitcoin save Messina? Probably not. But as I was listening to all the interviews that our producer Thalia Beatty did on her visit there in January, it became very clear to me that there were a couple people, two women in particular, who really embody what these towns need. They epitomize, for me, the plateau of productivity. My name is Nancy Arquid. I'm St. Lawrence County Legislator for District 11. I'm also a small business owner in Messina. And I'm Rita Kern, and I am the St. Lawrence County Legislator for District 15. I'm a nurse practitioner here in the community. Nancy and Rita just won election to the local legislator. One is a Republican, the other is a Democrat. I won't say which is which, for now. They've become friends, partners, doing the grunt work that local governance requires. Because the path to progress is long. Productivity is about hard work. That's the reality. Here is Thalia's final audio postcard from the North Country. And see if you can guess which woman is the Democrat and which is the Republican. Did you guys know each other before you joined the board? No. And did you meet each other on the campaign? When did we meet? We met... I think after we won. I knew your grandfather forever. So I already knew him. I knew your mom. Mm -hmm. And then she reached out to me kind of immediately and said, hey, we're in this together. Let's figure this out. For the newer members, and especially for the women, we kind of, I think we felt we had to have a talk about, like... (laughs) how things were going to go for us. I work four tens at one office, and then I have one per diem job that I do on the weekend sometimes. Not every weekend, probably four days, five days a month. My day starts around 5 a.m. to get all this done, and it ends 10, 11 o'clock at night, sometimes midnight. And then my days off are split between organizing what I have to do for the legislature, reading through the proposals before you get there, And I think that the legislature work itself is probably a 20 to 30-hour-a-week job. I don't know how she does it. She has more children than I do and a husband. So (laughs) that's very busy. You run a business and have a family and now have this new position. What's your strategy? Well, I believe in a family as a team. We all have a role to play, and, and that includes my children. And so I include them in everything I do. 
I've included them in my business, whether it's bringing them to work and letting my daughter, who is seven, help cash people out and put their receipt in the bag and put their you know, products in the bag. She feels really good about it. When I was campaigning, my children pulled wagons behind me and helped hand out literature. Whether it's your husband or a group of friends, your sister, your mother, that's how, you're, that's how you get things done. If I can offer this, this isn't, it's not just the trend that's been happening in Messina. It's a national trend of manufacturing plants closing and this sort of changing economy and a, a migration from rural to urban areas. Um, and so I, I, the press about the blockchain stuff made it seem like this big promise, like that they were going to be sort of the next big thing. But so let me just ask, like, do you know anyone who works at any of these plants? Do you know about the kinds of jobs that exist there? No, but that's, that's the interesting thing. When everything hit the papers, it was jobs, jobs, jobs. But I can't name one person that is working at either of those facilities. So where are the jobs that were promised? That is my problem with these companies. When Messina was thriving and people had jobs, they had pride, purpose, and prosperity. What do I think we need in Messina? strong businesses that are going to come in and really support the community by having employees that they stand by with wages that they stand by, benefits that they stand by, so that people can feel good about themselves and take care of their families. One thing that I always try to push is the words living wage. People don't understand what that means. It's one thing to have a job. It's another thing to have a career or a wage that you can feel good about. Not people working for $10 an hour and barely being able to pay their rent and barely being able to put food on the table or they're just at the poverty rate because they just make enough money where they can't get assistance, they're barely making ends meet. And most importantly, as a parent, I want to see people who are able to parent and take care of their bills and their needs. And it's, I don't believe it is a pipe dream. I think that we have what these companies need. We have great location, we have cheap power, we have the land, we have buildings that are able to be utilized. So you're optimistic as a new legislature. Mm -hmm. As a legislator and as a business owner. Everything is cyclical. So um, at one time, everyone went to downtowns. Everyone went downtown. You shopped downtown. You went to the barber downtown. All the cafes were downtown. And then something happened. Malls opened. And everyone started going to malls. And as malls started to slowly die, people went to small strip malls. And now people are looking for that Norman Rockwell feeling, and they're going back to downtown. So I do believe it will happen. That's why I chose to reinvest my business here. So I do believe it will come back around, and I, I think it will come back soon. I don't really think that I'm you know, anti-cryptocurrency if they're willing to come in and invest. I just want to see, I want to see that real investment. You know, every leader in the community has a different agenda or they have a different view. Mine is people. That is my, what I want to see the investment in. I think that, I think that people always think that if you're opposite parties, that you just don't agree on anything. And we are. You are. We, we are. are. parties. Yeah. It's interesting. So, but we have some very core principles that we agree on. We, we really think that the drug problem in this community is a huge issue. I have family friends that have lost their children to drug overdose locally and people that I worked with in Syracuse. And I can tell you that being in the emergency room, you know, we've had people we've taken care of that have, uh, we've lost. And it just really is something that I'm passionate about. I don't want to have to pick up the phone and call anybody else's parents ever to tell them that their child is gone. And 
I think that what she and I found is some very important topics that she and I share the same opinion on and feel that we can make a difference in. I think that what Rita and I have found are that both of both Rita and I, I can't speak for you, but we are both sick of party politics. I think Rita and I work well together because we triage the situations. We prioritize what we think we need to work on. We're gonna, you know, we've decided to kind of team up and just really go at it. So which one of you is a Democrat and which one of you is a Republican? Who, who do you think? <laughs> yeah, Let's have you guess. Yeah, you have to try to guess this. I have no idea. I don't know. Give it a guess. I got to know. Yeah. See, That's good, right? Those lines. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Okay, so, you said living wage. I think you're the Democrat. I am the Democrat. <laughs> That's Nancy. That's <laughs> Nancy is the Democrat. Nancy Arquette owns a jewelry store and is a Democratic legislator in Messina, New York. Rita Curran is a nurse practitioner and a Republican legislator in the town of Messina, New York. I am such a fan of their pragmatic approach to building trust and empathy between neighbors, bipartisan communities and states where both sides of the aisle can come together and solve our big problems for the good of us all. Many thanks to both of them for taking time out of their incredibly busy schedules to talk to us about their mission to bring stable work back to Messina. Which, by the way, is already happening. Just as we were finishing up this episode, we got some late-breaking news from Messina. Here was the headline on WWNY-TV. Tonight, a new deal that brings job security to hundreds of North Country workers. The governor announcing this agreement in Messina. Alcoa, the local aluminum factory, made a deal with the state power authority to keep getting cheap power. Enough to keep its operation going in Messina and save 450 jobs there. As Senator Chuck Schumer put it, the entire Messina community can breathe a big sigh of relief and look to the future. But I just want to flag something. The agreement is for seven years. And then the relationship between the industry, the locals, the government, and the New York Power Authority has to be negotiated and figured out all over again. The cycle continues. What a fascinating ride we have had on the hype cycle on this third season of ZigZag, huh? All right, so what happens next? Well, I'll tell you what happens next. Season four happens next. And it starts on Thursday, April 11th. We have been cooking up some good stuff for you. Because whether it's our jobs or our companies or just how we design our lives, I think so many of us are rethinking how we define success for ourselves and for society at large. And we are going to continue to map out how we move forward. We've got great conversations with people about the future of work, the future of women in work, the future of capitalism, the future of how we make companies that actually show that they care about society and make money. Is it possible? We're going to find out. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast, 
click the button on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. Make sure you get the episode delivered automatically in case you don't remember that April 11th is the important day. Uh, And sign up for the Stable Genius newsletter. Go to zigzagpod.com and at the bottom of the page, you will see a box to stick your email in. We will never spam you, I promise. If you have trouble signing up, just email us at zigzag at stableg.com and we will do the signing up for you. There's been beautiful artwork to go with every episode this season from the fabulous illustrator Sarah Wong. You should check that out too. Again, zigzagpod.com is the place to go. Okay, I'm going to talk to you in a couple weeks. I miss you already. Zigzag was produced by me and Jen Poyant. Matt Boynton is our audio engineer. David Herman is our composer. Many thanks to Anya Zhezik, Dan Dezula, and Kieran Kay for their help, too. And a very special thank you to producer Thalia Beatty for her reporting on Bitcoin and Messina this season. Thalia is going back to working in the realm of fact-checking and verifying information. She's just taken a job with our friends over at ProPublica, and we wish her and, of course, them the very best. Zigzag comes from Stable Genius Productions. We are proud members of Radiotopia from PRX. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and thank you so much for listening. Hi, Manoush and Jen. This is your fan, T, in Sisters, Oregon, at the edge of the desert where it meets the pines. Um, The thing about the hype cycle and applying it to all creative endeavors is that it assumes that productivity is really the goal. Really having an end goal at all can get in your way. The creativity itself is what's fun. And so the peak of inflated expectations is only a bummer if uh, you honestly think all these fantastic ideas should play out according to your expectations. This all sounds very like uh, Buddhist, and I'm not a Buddhist, <laughs> but I really think the the roller coaster ride is the fun. And you, ironically, you're more likely to end up with a successful project and something you do feel good about once you let go of all those worries. So that's my experience. Hope it's useful to you. Ciao.